Hi everyone, welcome back to Giant Thought, the world's first OKR podcast in partnership with Kowan, the dedicated OKR platform. I'm your Giant Talk host Jenny and joining me today is Roger for another episode of our OKR Toolkit where we'll be talking all about reflection as a high performance habit. And I'm going to laugh again because I'm going to ask you to introduce yourself again, oh. Roger. But um, <laughs> just in case anyone is dropping on to the podcast episode for the first time, can you just tell us who, they, who you are? Yeah, who the heck I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I'm Roger. I'm the founder of Verbi Giants and we have been specialising in OKRs for the uh, best part of six years now. Uh, we've done hundreds of implementations around the world. Uh, we train and qualify coaches, OKR coaches through our academy and, uh, yeah, bringing the benefit or sharing the, the benefit of our experience and the pearls of our wisdom via these podcasts. Excellent. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, so I mentioned we're going to be talking about reflection as a high performance habit. And we spoke in the last episode of the toolkit about um, conference ratings and progress when it comes to OKRs. And I guess this very much links in with that. Um, so first off, how might we approach reflection and are there different ways of doing it? Yeah, well, it depends on what level you're reflecting because, you know, we can reflect as individuals, we can reflect as teams, and we can reflect as organizations. Um, you know, if, if it's an individual, then uh, the, it's it's good to get into the habit to, you know, all you need is just a very, very simple, and this actually applies for all three, but a very, very simple structure. And the structure I like comes from uh, the, the continuous improvement practices that were pioneered in, in, in Japan. Uh, you know, the, uh, the Toyota manufacturing system, TMS, it was originally called. And um, uh, when when they were looking at what was, when they wanted to, to really drill into something and do a, do a very quick sort of snapshot review on, on, on something that had happened, they'd ask, um, what should we stop doing because mm-hmm. it's not be it's not useful what should we start doing because actually we think it would be valuable and what should we keep doing because we're doing it and it is super valuable so you know you're looking at you're looking at the whatever's just happened from three different really useful perspectives there and that works at individual level it works at, at a team level and to a certain extent i th- i think you perhaps need to get a little bit comprehensive more comprehensive when you work at organizational level but um the point is that it's at organizational level i would say it goes more into retrospectives which is Mm -hmm. obviously i'm sure we've got listeners who are very familiar with agile working practices and retrospectives are uh uh, are a real cornerstone of those and unashamedly in certainly the way that we uh approach okrs retrospectives is is a big part of that because I think it's not just important to look at how you've performed against the OKRs themselves. Uh, I, I would expect that to happen as 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 a matter of course at the end of a period. Um, but also, it's really important to look at how you're using OKRs to ensure that you are. And again, you can do it by just asking the stop start keep um, uh, questions but to make sure that OKRs as a process continue to deliver the value that you need from them as a way of working. You see, because there's this, there's this principle of system decay that any system, whether it's a digital system or, a, or a, an organizational system, it decays over time mm-hmm. if it's not maintained. 
So I view retrospectives as maintenance, if you will, of the system to make sure that you're, you know, because an organisation does not remain static. It changes. It has to has to change. It has to flex. It ha- ha- flex, flex. It has to adapt uh, because of the the external pressures that it's subject to all the time. And so, therefore, <clears throat> that if the systems within it stay rigid, it's going to be really difficult for it to adapt. Mm-hmm. So just like any system, OKRs are not are, 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 are no different. They should be, you should be asking the question, <clears throat> excuse me, regularly to make sure that they are continuing to, to deliver the benefit, deliver the value that you want from them. Great. And I think um, something you mentioned there about kind of things changing and things working, I think that kind of leads me into my next question. And for our listeners that don't know, um, Roger is a keen athlete and has performed at a higher level in in sport and in rowing. Um, so, how have you seen reflection used in uh, in sport? I suppose is a good way, to, and I think this is quite a good way for people to understand it and how it can be used. Well, thanks for reminding me of my glory days. There, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I I used to do coaching in rowing, and um, I loved how with the um, with the athletes. It was common practice, and we were in our in our club. We uh, we had the the regional squad that were training for the uh, uh, for the British squad. Mm-hmm. So they go from us to competing in the British squad. So we were like the next step to complete competing for the country. So um, you know, you really got to see elite athletes in you know at work, so to speak. And, and and so a lot of their practices, a lot of their habits and behaviours kind of rubbed off on us club rowers as well. And what I really admired was the fact that after after every single outing on the water, uh, they uh, took time to, they made time to just look at what it was that they were focusing on and how well that went because they'd go out with on each outing with a with a particular focus with a particular um you know aspect of their technique that they were working on just small slight change mm. that they might be trying to make you know this is dave brailsford in uh, mm. in uh, british cycling would say it's about the incremental gains and so you know like a cyclist would go out on a track you know our rowers would go out of the water and they come back in and they make time to to reflect on their outing, and then make a decision on what they were going to do for the next outing, whilst it was still fresh in their mind. Mm-hmm. And they keep track of that; they'd log it, and so on and so forth. Uh, so, um, it it is a high performance habit. If you if you're always just going forward, going forward, going forward, going forward, that may sound on the face of it like exactly what you want, but you could be leaving a trail of destruction behind mm. you. How do you know that you're going forward in the most productive and most efficient uh, and most impactful way? There could be a better way of going forward. If you never pause to just look behind and see and learn, this is a massive part of, you know, you, you mentioned in some of our other podcasts, the the the, the core principle to our, our, our approach to OKRs being test, learn and adapt. Mm-hmm. This is where the learning comes in part. <sighs> comes into it you know the test is running the okr the learn is let's just pause and reflect to see how well we did how did the process work for us how could we do it better because there's always room for improvement Mm. and then adapt as a result and i saw that happening in 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 the athletes 
and I see this happening um, in in very much the same way in in the teams that we and businesses that we work with. Koan is a purpose-built solution for managing your OKRs. Helps your team achieve their objectives and key results, helps them get aligned, and it helps them stay engaged. Shared spreadsheets simply don't scale when you're using OKRs properly, and you're not going to have a maximum impact with them. But with Koan, you can scale your OKRs right across your entire company, keeping your team super motivated and moving everybody in the right direction. Roger, what's one of your favourite features about Koan? So the thing that I really love about Koan and have done ever since uh, I first saw it was how it really puts the conversation around OKRs at the heart of the system and it really helps stimulate that, which obviously brings really good collaboration. You know, they've got this uh, reflections feature which uh, helps uh, individuals really prepare for the uh, the team conversation which is going to come up where the collaboration is going to take place so I, 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 that would definitely be the thing for me which is the the killer feature of the system and I think it's interesting how you kind of related that to, to, to the cycling world and Dale, Dave Brailsford because for those people that don't know like he speaks like you say about marginal gains so it doesn't always have to be these big massive changes sometimes it's these little tiny right. things that can make big differences little small nudges that you might make from one from one outing to another or from one cycle to another. You know, an example uh, that I've seen with um, OKRs could be that a team decides, you know what, um, I don't think we need to check in every week. We probably are okay with, with, with trying a check-in every fortnight now. Fine, try it. Mm. You can always switch it back. Yeah. But run it for three months, test it, and then see how it, see how it, see how it goes. Mm. Um, you know, it's it, it's just small things like that. I mean, you could get into there's there's much more technical changes you could you could make, but you know that's the beauty of OKRs. They're cyclical, and they're cyclical. That and the cycles are small enough to be able to change something, try it out, judge whether it's worked, and then uh, and then tweak it if you need to. You've answered my next question there. <laughs> <laughs> well done. So I, was, I was just going to touch on kind of how our listeners can kind of translate these practices into business, but we've can't, we've very much kind of answered that question there. So that for our listeners, I think that makes sense. And I think, like you say, it's about that test, learn, adapt and try things. So it might be that you say you move your check-in process to every two weeks rather than every week, or you try something else, but try it, test it and see if it works. And yeah. Or make amends to it. It doesn't even have to be like pulling it back to what it was before. Yeah. It might be that you go every 10 days rather than every week or something like that. So, yeah. um, so when it comes to OKR success, something we advocate is reflection. So why is it such a vital part of OKR best practice? Uh, well, because it is, as, as I said, it's that, um, it, it's, it's the second stage in test, learn and adapt. Mm-hmm. And if you're just using OKRs to make sure that stuff gets done, you, you're missing out on a big part of their potential firepower because that's only half the story. Because what if there's a better way of getting something done? Mm-hmm. what if there is a real breakthrough that could be tried, could be tested, and that could be the innovation that you need to really move things forward. And that's not mes- necessarily about a new product or something as grand as that. That could be just about a change to a process. It could be about just doing something differently, which means that there's that either things become more efficient or the job becomes easier. 
My God, <laughs> Jesus, could that could that could that be a reason for trying to change something? So long as it doesn't compromise quality and doesn't increase cost, then if it makes the job easier, then why not? Yeah, I think as well something that I always find important from a reflection is, especially when you're doing it as a team. Um, is that potential support you could get from other members of the team. So if you're not reflecting, they might have an idea that could work so well for something you're potentially working on. So I always find that important when it comes to reflection as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so in terms of tools our listeners could use to help them manage or run reflections, is there anything you would suggest? Oh, there's loads. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you don't need anything particularly sophisticated. I mean, you could you can run a... Um, uh, a, a a reflection using something like Trello or mm-hmm. you know or even just post its on a whiteboard mm-hmm. to be perfectly honest um, to run something rough and ready. I do like the fact that OKR systems like Koan have reflective practice built into them. Um, uh, I think that's a really really good habit to get people into and. Something which we're becoming kind of more open to now is, you know, our, our way of our approach to OKRs is is focus them on the vital few rather than just, mm. you know, spraying them across the whole organisation. Yeah, because that if, if if you work on just the vital few, you keep the pro the, the process nice and light, very focused, very agile. But then what about the people that fall outside the, the, the scope of, of those OKRs? Because there'll be lots of people across the organisation that want to feel aligned but might not be able to, you know, directly contribute towards those OKRs. <clears throat> so I think I think there's a, an opportunity for reflective practice there. So, you know, it, and getting into the habit of asking the question, um, it's, you know, literally three or four simple questions what are the most important things you got done last week? What are the most important things you want to do this week? Um, is there anything that you need help with? Yeah. And is there anything the wider team should know about? Mm-hmm. You know, th- absolutely, you know, four very, very simple questions could be answered in the matter of, you know, a few minutes. Uh, and that, if, if that, is completed ahead of a, a team sitting down, whether they're working with OKRs or not, it it really starts to change the nature of the conversations and changes the focus. And even if they're not working, like I said, with a uh, with an OKR, they're probably contributing towards the performance of a KPI in some way. Um, and so therefore, you know, they're answering that questions in terms of what is it we can do to next what, what i'm doing what are the most important things i'm doing next week that could could, could help you know improve our performance on that kpi or uh or, or, or in, in some way shape or form so i think i think there's a way that you can use this type of practice to help build alignment even when okrs aren't part of what a team's mm. working to it's really interesting. I think I just want to touch on something you mentioned in that point there where you said about spreading OKRs across the whole organisation. And for anyone listening, there's another um, episode in our toolkit which is called Spot Spotlight or Versus Floodlight, and you might want to check that out to understand a little bit more about that. Um, so as a manager listening to this episode, how can they encourage a practice of, practice of reflection across their teams? Um, well, I, I think I'm, mm. I might have done... That, that frustrating thing again and answered your question already. 
Um, so I think it's, uh, like I said, irrespective of whether OKRs are in play, I think this can, this has a lot of value. What I would say is, you know, most teams have regular team meetings mm. and most team meetings usually go through agenda items and so on and so forth. And I'm not saying you should get rid of those, but, you know, mix it up a bit. Mm. Mix it up a bit. Think about introducing some reflective practice because the one thing about those four questions which I mentioned is it ties or it brings in what people are, are focusing their time on. And I'm not saying that's because you want to put them under the microscope and you want to criticize them if you think that they're not spending it on the right thing or whatever. Um, but it helps to align the discussion in the meeting with what then, you know, what what people are actually spending the time on. And there's, so there's a connection. So, you're, you know, the time that you all spend together in that meeting and let's face it, meetings don't have a great rep for being the most productive of activities, um, <clears throat> is, means that there's a connection between what's, what's discussed there and then what happens you know, outside the meeting, which is where the work gets done, which is where the value gets, gets created. So, um, so I would say just try, try introducing those four questions mm. and get people to prepare for them and allow time for discussion around them. <clears throat> Right, so I just want to kind of finally loop back to something we mentioned earlier in terms of, um, we spoke about how reflection in high-performance sport works really well. So, yeah. And we spoke about personal reflection. So what reflection would you advocate for our listeners to do personally? I know Ooh. that's such a wide question. You that is a wide question. That <laughs> is a wide question, Jenny. Um, what would I advocate for them to do personally? How could they make personal use of it? Well, I mean, yeah, if you play a sport, <laughs> I used to get frustrated like hell out of when I when I played squash. I'd always enjoy it, but I'd always get frustrated that my, my I, I I very seem to I, I seem to win very few matches. And um in the end it was because I was hitting it too hard. But I it took me a long time to work that out. <laughs> and that was because I was coming off all flustered and I just wasn't right, reflecting. You know, my my emotions were just kind of getting the better of me in the moment. And that's actually a good point to, to be able to reflect properly, reflect, reflect uh, productively. You have to be in a, in a state of, mm. of um, calmness, I would say, mm. um, <clears throat> rather than a, an aroused state of agitation or even... <laughs> Uh, or, or, or even hilarity, for that matter. I'm not sure. Being in a, in, in a state of laughter is a great a great state to reflect in. Um, but yeah, I think a calm, clear head is 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 a good state to be in. And you know, anything that's important to you, yeah. anything that's important to you uh, that you want to get better at, it just pays to just pause for a moment. I mean, when I started the business up, going back uh, well over ten years, you know, it was that thing between. Uh, being being busy and being productive, yeah. And it took me a while to work the difference out between the two. But the only way that I could work the difference out between the two was to reflect on the activities that I was doing and see which ones were productive. Mm. <clears throat> um, and and that that took time. It took you know you have to learn. You have to learn. I think that relates to kind of something that I've, and I think a lot of people have probably seen, especially during lockdown the last year, like 
on your phones when you get your reminder of like screen time from your phones or how long you've been on your phone like on a weekend <laughs> day and you think reflect on this like I could be doing so much more productive things with my time it's actually think like how can I bring that down <laughs> in the future yeah. So I completely get where you're coming from with that. Yeah, yeah. You, YouTube's the worst for that. You, <laughs> you just go, a oh, YouTube video. Oh, it's 10 minutes long. Oh, fine, I'll watch that. And there's another one, I'll watch yeah. that. And you've watched three and you've lost 30 minutes. You've lost half an hour already. You just get lost in a hole online, don't you? Yeah, yeah, in a whole YouTube hole. <clears throat> yeah. Great. Okay, so we've kind of discussed why we think reflection is a high-performance habit in terms of both kind of personal, sporting examples, and also in business. So just any final reflections? And uh, no pun intended on that one from you, Rog. Um, just give it a go. Just yeah. give it a go. Even if you just try it yourself, those four questions, important things this week, important, sorry, important things last week, important things this week, anything I need help with, anything the team should know about, yeah. you know, just give it a go and, and, and try that. And I think you might find that things are quite different. And then if you if you're actually doing if you if you're actually getting to a point of doing re, you know proper retrospectives, you know, it's nothing really fancy. If you're looking back at a at a period of time like the end of a quarter, then just use your, your stop start keep mm-hmm. as a structure for that conversation. Very simple, very, very simple, but but really effective. Yeah, that's great takeaways for our listeners as well. And a really easy way to think about it to get started, I think. So thanks for rounding off that episode with with those tips. Um, Yeah, as I mentioned, we spoke about reflections, a high performance habit today as part of our toolkit. Next time we'll be talking about values and culture and how they align into OKRs. So join us for that episode. As always, uh, do feel free to kind of send us any feedback, any comments about the podcast episode um, to either on our social media channels or via growth at therebygiants.com. Um, big thank you to Roger for joining me today and I'll see you next time for another episode of Giant Talk.